Sometimes a crook goes straight. It happens. I've been in the business long enough to have met some of those guys. A few of them seemed happier for it, but all of them seemed tired. Fighting temptation is a lot of hard work. That's why I never wanted to do it. Of course, these days I fight a lot of temptation, but then I have no real choice about it. So I guess it really isn't temptation. There was a time, and it wasn't quite so long ago, when everyone who was part of the scene knew who I was. But the world is full of amateurs. You can't just come in here and demand money, Mr. Carter. You're obviously not a realist. The concept of a protection racket is older than either one of us, so please don't act like this is some great shock to you. This is the cost of doing business in my neighborhood. I'm sorry if the Chamber of Commerce didn't mention it, but everybody else in their neighborhood pays, so you will too. Forget it. What? Are you going to get in my face about this, Mr. Carter? You run a martial arts dojo, and I'm sure you're very good at it. If we were to come to blows right now, I'm sure I'd come out the worse for it. But what exactly do you think is step two? I can be back here in five minutes with twelve guys with guns. You planning to kung fu chop all of us, or maybe we just come back here sometime when you're not here and trash the place completely? You'll pay more in repairs than I'm asking for. You lousy! You note I'm not done. I can have you shot in the knee, lay you up for months so you can't teach anybody anything. My options are pretty much limitless, and we haven't even talked about that little girl of yours. Nobody threatens my daughter. <laughs> all right. Mr. Carter, have it your way. People don't take responsibility for their actions. You walk down a dark alley, somebody's gonna take your stuff or hurt you. You can't blame the bad guys. You can say that's not right, but you're the one who walked down a dark alley. For Mr. Carter, I'd laid out a lot of possibilities, and he was evidently not a man of imagination. The thing about men with no imagination is. They can't be trusted to act in their own best interest, so I had to deal with him in a pretty extreme fashion. I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but I shouldn't have done it in front of the kid. Dad! My old man got into the wrong bar brawl when I was ten years old, and that was the end of it. I knew what the kid was going to go through, and at the time. I considered whether it would have been kinder to do the kid too, but I'm not a killer for the sake of killing. I don't take pleasure from it like some guys. When I killed somebody, it was strictly business, and killing a kid is terrible for business. Except in this case, it just might have been the only thing that could have kept me in business. Boss, boss, Paulie. What are you doing here? I thought you were on the south side. I was that... boss, but she was there too, just waiting for us. You want to pretend to speak English for a second? What are you talking about? It was her boss. I swear it. It was the dark heron. She's a myth. No, boss. I swear. And if she ain't a myth, then we still got nothing to worry about, Polly. Maybe she rumbled you this time, but she's never bothered us before. This town's a big pond, and I ain't that big a fish. You do realize what a heron does to fish, yes? She's here. Are you idiot? You let her right to us. That's true, actually. But I would have found you, Tony. 
You've never really felt the need to hide who you were and what a corrupt little organization you have going here. And do you know what that means, Tony? It means you're bad at hiding. Stay back. Put the gun away, Polly. But boss! Ah! Should have listened to him, Polly. Ooh, that hand doesn't look so good. Yeah! Uh... Shh, easy, easy. Now listen, Polly. I need a word with your boss in private. Can you give us a minute? Of course you can. What do you want? To put an end to your whole stinking organization and see you locked in a cell for the rest of your life. You never thought I was worth your time before. True. But recent events have shown me just how wrong I've been about that. Just because you're not the biggest threat doesn't mean I don't need to take you down. Huh. There it is. The muscles tense for fight or flight. Which is it, Tony? I see something in your fist there. You really think you can take me down with a roll of quarters in your fist? This? No. Paulie interrupted my dinner. This isn't a roll of quarters. It's a pepper shaker. Duh! Something in your eye, hero? Catch you later! What the... A kid? Murderer! Oh! Ah! Oh! Gee! Ah! Ooh. Kite! Kite, stop! But... This is not the way. And for all of you sitting there sniggering that I got my hat handed to me by a little girl, let me remind you who that girl ended up being. I'm not a bruiser, and in the years since then, Red Kite has taken down men twice my size with her bare hands. More than a few of the guys I've met said they'd rather face the Dark Heron. Anyway, by the time it was over, I had six broken ribs and a broken kneecap. And that was the least of my problems. The cops showed up and found every scrap of evidence they could have ever wanted to put me away. My lawyer was good enough to get me bail, but I was pretty sure what I had to do. Listen up. Having just had a discussion with my lawyer, I'm pretty sure most, if not all, the charges against me are going to stick. As you are all known associates of me, it's likely that you're all going down too. A trip out of town, preferably out of the country, seems like a good idea right about now. Problem is, I have absolutely no doubt that Dark Heron and her new little play pal are watching this place like a hawk. So... Here's how things are going to go down. Nitro, I want you to set up this whole building to blow. Shut up! She's watching us right now, hoping to catch us and send even more info to the cops. So this is the plan. We all gather around the service door. I'm going to fire off a couple of shots, which will make the heron think we're icing somebody to tie up some loose ends. She'll rush in to find the dead body, and we keep her pinned down just long enough to bring the whole building down around her. Now get to work, Nitro. Nitro was good. He used to do demolitions in the army. It only took him about 20 minutes to rig the whole place. And then I started. Ready, boys?
I don't get it. She should have been here. I wonder if maybe she ain't coming. She's coming, Tony. But through the service door. Boys, meet Red Kite. This is not going to end well for you. The kid ignored the rest of my men and came straight for me. Two more busted ribs, a dislocated shoulder, and a broken jaw that time. Prison was almost a relief. When you're in prison, one thing you have in abundance is time. Time to look back on your life. Time to think about how you got here. Time to make some connections you might not have otherwise made. For instance, I kill a martial arts instructor in front of his daughter. Two weeks later, the dark heron, who never took a second's notice of my operation, appears at my door with a kid sidekick who makes Bruce Lee look like an amateur. I still had enough connections to do a little snooping. I found out that the girl had been adopted by a millionaire, which, aside from her father's death, was what you might call a lucky break. Then I do a little more investigation, and I find that the millionaire's mom and dad were also gunned down when she was just a kid. I am not an idiot. So here I am, sitting on the secret identity of the one woman responsible for putting more guys in jail than the whole police force put together. And maybe you're thinking that was my golden goose. But one thing you learn in my business is to always plan for the next step. Outing the dark heron wouldn't get me out of jail. And if it wasn't done very, very carefully, it wouldn't accomplish much of anything at all. Of course, unless you're very, very careful, rumors also have a tendency to spread. Tony, I'm so glad you came. Let's not kid ourselves. If you weren't glad I was coming, I wouldn't be here. Prison guards don't usually escort men over to the women's cell block. Even if they did, nobody comes near Nightblade unless she wants it to happen. Just making sure we understand each other. You own this joint, and you have all the power. I used to be a medium-sized fish, but now I'm nobody. And squishing me wouldn't be any effort at all for you. Have I missed anything important? I like you. You have no delusions. But there's a difference between delusions and imagination, Tony. Rumor is you have something I want. Can you imagine what will happen if you give it to me? In chronological order, I tell you who I think Dark Heron and Red Kite are, and you kill them, or have them killed at the first reasonable opportunity. And I am very, very grateful. I did my homework on you, Tony, and you have all the qualifications I'm looking for to be the man at my right hand. But there was a word there I didn't like, Tony. Think. Who you think might be the heron. That won't do at all. If you've done your homework on me, you know I'm not one for overstating my case. I have a suspicion, and I have something to back it up. But I'm not about to claim it's anything more than that. Not to you. I like my jugular vein the way it is too much to try to oversell you. <laughs> better and better. Not a sycophant and not so terrified of me that you'll say what I want to hear. All things I like. Now tell me what you think you know, and we'll see how happy we're going to make each other.
Helena Fairchild. Get out. What? You guessed wrong, Tony. I'm not angry about it, which is why I'm not slitting your throat right now. After all, I made the same mistake. I almost killed Helena Fairchild. Can you guess who stopped me? Oh. Bad luck, Tony. Now get out. And that was that. Nightblade never spoke to me again, which turned out to be just as well. She threw everything she had at the Dark Heron, pushed her until she was ready to snap, and learned just how stupid that was. Even if Nightblade comes out of that coma, odds are good she'll never walk again. So what happened to me? Time passed. I got 15 years for the murder of Ken Carter. I wasn't surprised that I was denied parole every single time. Dark Heron is supposed to have friends among the police. But eventually, finally, 15 years passed. I know you're here, and I know it's you. You want to turn on the light, or should I? Thank you. I like this costume better than the old one. It suits you better. I'm not here for small talk. Yeah, I know. I'm here to deliver a message. I said I know. The message is, you're watching me. That's right. Kid, how many times do I have to say it? I know. There were only two reasons for you to be here, and you didn't come here to kill me. I should. Maybe, but you won't. I know all about what you've been up to since I went into the joint. Dark Heron finally retired, and she left you in charge. And by all accounts, you're doing a fine job of it. Stop talking like we're old friends. We're not friends. But I know you. I don't just mean that I know your name is Kay Carter and that I killed your old man, and Helena Fairchild is the Dark Heron. No matter how many times she had some other superhero pretend to be her. Yeah, I know all that. And you know that I know that. That's not what I'm talking about. I know you. You don't know anything. I know you're not going to kill me. Because I know what you're afraid of, kid. I'm not afraid of you, old man. No, but you're afraid of becoming me. See? Told you. I know you. Just like I know you're not done watching me. I know that now that I'm out of the joint, I don't get to do anything. If I step out of line at all, I go back to prison. I'm your pet project, and I know you're never going to get tired of waiting for me to slip up. So you win, kid. We both know that I'm never going to amount to anything trying to go straight, just like we both know you're going to catch me if I ever try to do anything. Ever. I'm going to grow old and die never having amounted to anything at all. You win. It's that simple. You think you get off that easy? You killed my father. Which is why I know this isn't over. Why it's never, ever going to be over. And why I won't be able to do so much as cheat on my taxes for the rest of my short life. I know you're always going to be there. I don't think you could not be there. Maybe a normal guy would hope you'd mess up with the wrong guy in tights or slip off a rooftop in the rain. You die, my troubles are over. But I know myself as well as I know you. And I know I'm not that lucky. When you get to be my age, you see where the turning points in your life were. You were mine. 
All my luck left me the day I met you. Guess that goes for both of us. I guess we have an understanding about how things are going to work, Tony. But I hope you're wrong. I hope you do mess up. I hope you forget that I'll always be watching you. Because I remember what I did to you when I was ten years old. I remember breaking all those bones, Tony. And those are some of the happiest memories of my life. Did you know that? I did not. Please forget about me, Tony. I'm begging you. I never did. Trust me. I never, ever did. You've been listening to The Wrong Kid. Performed by the Seat of Our Pants players, written and directed by Dan Wenzel. Tony was Richard Tennant. Ken was Dan Wenzel. Paulie was Andrew Dell. Dark Heron was Jill Wenzel. Nightblade was Bree Kuby. And Kay Carter, the Red Kite, was Liz Music. Music and sound effects by www.freesfx.co.uk. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you later.